first time I ever prayed, like not a Hail Mary, not an Our Father, not a like just like me and God. And I said, if you can get me home before the 4th of July, then I'll, I'll quit drinking, I'll quit smoking, I'll, you know, I'll live like a priest. Because that's what I thought God wanted. Welcome to the free sermon podcast of the Potter's House Church in Virginia Beach, affiliated with Christian Fellowship Ministries. Our vision is winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. It's Tuesday, where you're going to hear a powerful testimony of God's grace revealed in human lives. Each Tuesday, you'll hear Pastor Adam interviewing pastors from around the world to share the mighty miracles that God has done in their lives to give you hope for yours. We share the stories of the men behind the messages you hear every other day on this podcast. Keep in mind that the free version only includes a portion of the whole testimony interview. To listen to the full version, use the links in the show notes to subscribe via Apple Podcasts or Supercast.tech. Every dollar goes to supporting world evangelism. Enjoy today's Testimony Tuesday. All right, here we are back again on Testimony Tuesday. I'm Pastor Adam, and we want to welcome all of you subscribers and non-subscribers, wherever you have found us. We are so grateful for you uh, listening to this podcast, and especially on this Testimony Tuesday, where we get to hear the amazing story of uh, a pastor in our fellowship, uh, their life, their background, and their ministry. And for today's Testimony Tuesday, I am very blessed and privileged to welcome in a good bud of mine, someone we've been through the trenches together on a few occasions. And uh, a really a great pleasure who made some time for us tonight, and it is Pastor Rocky Colonna. Welcome to the podcast, sir. Hey, thanks for inviting me. It's good to be here. <laughs> well, we appreciate your time. As always, uh, I'm, I'm sensitive about people's time because I know it's precious. Like money, you can only spend it once, right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so Once it's gone, it's gone. That's correct. And so we appreciate you spending a little bit of time Recording this for our listeners, we appreciate your heart for world evangelism. That's what this podcast is all about. Anything that awesome. we raise goes straight to our Thursday night conference offering. And um, just by the way, uh, before we really get in, I should let our audience know that as of the recording of this uh, podcast, we got a, an amazing um, announcement, which is that uh, as of a couple of days ago, um, we have received enough subscribers to this podcast that we are now raising $200 per month for the cause of world evangelism. That is mind-blowing. Never thought we could ever do something like that. So uh, props to you guys, and uh, that's why we continue to do this. So pretty awesome. That so, is very awesome. Wow. <laughs> who knew? Praise who knew God. that there's enough people willing to uh, to put in a few bucks a month to hear some good sermons and uh, testimonies, and uh, we're going to make some real impact for world evangelism. Yeah. Really cool. Amen. Amen. So Pastor Colonna. Man, we uh we've known each other for close to 10 years, maybe 11 years now. Uh, yeah. At least since since uh since we've been here in Virginia Beach and when you the, got down there, yeah. Mm -hmm. I remember that. And uh I so think I the, was still I think I was still in Norfolk at the time, right? No, no, you had been launched no? out. I think it was still pretty fresh though because you were in okay. uh, in that little building. I remember coming to do an impact team for you. Uh, and it was, yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was a time. <laughs> That's right. That's right. 
That's right. The good old days. <laughs> <laughs> well, for those who don't know you, maybe you can give your, your little introduction. Give us the, the three-minute uh, conference. Uh, so where are you, brother? Yeah, amen. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, just uh, Northern Virginia uh, pioneered the church here. We got sent out July 2006 and, uh, uh, you know, started in actually Alexandria, Virginia. And uh, uh, just the people that God was bringing in and that were getting saved uh, made sense to move the church a little bit further south, which is uh, actually two, uh, two small suburbs south of uh, Alexandria, and it's called Woodbridge, Virginia. And so uh, we, we uh, were there from, uh, we've been here some, from 2006 till 2014, then we went overseas for about three and a half, four years, and then we came back and now we've been back for uh, going on five years now, like four and a half. We've been back. So it's time flies. And uh, yeah, just God's been good to us. My, my wife, Ingrid, uh, she's a faithful woman, <laughs> follows me into the, uh, you know, the crazy places that I want to go. And uh, we got three kids now. We have an adopted daughter, uh, Allison from Myanmar, and we have uh my daughter, Leela, uh, she just turned 20 the other day. And my son, Isaac, he's 17 now. And so they're getting big. And, and who knows, maybe soon here, they'll be leaving the, leaving the nest. I don't know. <laughs> uh, are you praying for that? <laughs> yeah, right. I know. Well, I, the funny thing is, is we joke around. We already feel like empty nesters because, uh, they're, you know, they're just always out with their people from church and doing their thing. And so it's, it's kind of cool, you know? see him growing up that's awesome it's awesome how does it feel to have a 20 year old child that must make you feel old oh man i know well (laughs) the funny thing is 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 a lot of times i get like oh is this your you know is this your wife or (laughs) no that's my daughter man (laughs) yeah so uh it it doesn't make me feel old though i try to stay young but the, the hair is it reveals it you know got too much gray up there now it happens to the best of us well, we'd love yeah. to hear a little bit more about your background and you know what I what I love about these is it gives us a chance to kind of dive in and and hear more than just the 5 minute version of the testimony that you get on a concert night, you know. And so sure. um maybe you can can share a little bit about your your family life, your background, how you grew up and and uh and those things that maybe I don't think I've ever heard this story, so I'm interested. Sure. Yeah, so I grew up in a, a suburb of St. Louis, Missouri. Um, born and raised and, and lived there my whole life and uh, grew up, uh, my family, my dad will tell you I'm hundred percent Sicilian, <laughs> but I'm really only half, uh, my mother's a, a, a mix. And so I grew up, but I did grow up in a very Italian environment. And so, uh, cause of that, my background, uh, for religion was Roman Catholic. And, uh, and so St. Louis is a very Catholic city it's uh it still has its parishes set, set set up like that and and so i grew up uh in church my dad actually didn't go uh much because he was excommunicated because he had been divorced uh and so uh, if i went to church it would be with my aunt who was a very devout catholic and so uh you know but i was just a uh you know a hellion i did my own thing and and uh like like most catholics do but uh, yeah, born and raised there. Uh, I didn't leave until 
I joined the military and it's weird because most people don't ever leave St. Louis. Mm. And, and uh, you, you talk to Pastor Tori Williams and he'll even tell you that it's like, you know, you see somebody from St. Louis, it's like, how'd you get out, man? <laughs> so, <laughs> Did you have uh, brothers yeah, and sisters? Yeah. Yeah. I had uh, all half. So both of my parents were previously married and then they, uh, so my mom had two daughters in her first marriage. My dad had a son and a daughter in his first marriages and my parents married and had me. Uh, and so, um, yeah, they, so I had three half sisters and one half brother. Wow. So you were the only child of both of them together. Yeah. And my brothers and sisters were always a lot older than me. My dad was 45 when I was born. Wow. Okay. So that's interesting because, uh, you're in one way, you're kind of like the baby of the family, but in another way, you're right. kind of like the firstborn. So right. you get a, a good yeah. mix of both of those personality traits. Yeah, absolutely. And I, uh, I was different than my brothers and sisters because I grew up, both of my parents were together in the home most of my life. It wasn't until I was 16 that my parents got divorced mm. and separated. So uh, but my brother grew up without my dad really in his life. I mean, you know, my dad would get him, you know, once a month on weekends and stuff like that. But it was just, you know, it was very different um, mm -hmm. for him. So, yeah. Okay. And so as you were growing up, it, um, did you do well in school? Did you uh, play sports? Yeah. What kind of things were you into? Yeah, I always, I was always a, a an A student, always did well. My parents were one of those that kind of didn't accept average, you know? And so, uh, I, I was, I was able to excel. Um, I play, I did play sports. So I, I went to public school up until eighth grade, uh, up until my high school year. So, so all, all through, uh, grade school through eighth grade, I went to public school and I started getting in a lot of trouble. So my parents sent me to a Catholic school, which was very expensive, uh, for them thinking that it would kind of help straighten me out a little bit. Um, but, uh, yeah, going through, uh, school, I played basketball, uh, played football and, uh, surprisingly, most people don't know this, but I played, uh, tennis competitively in high school. And so, um, yeah. Remind me to bring my racket next time I see you. Right. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> um, well, so you, you kind of mentioned before already, but, uh, you were, you're starting to get in, into some trouble. Did the, uh, did the nuns straighten you out? Oh man, no, I was, uh, so when I was going through confirmation, uh, so you go through confirmation in the Catholic church, seventh and eighth grade, it's a, it's a class classes that you go through that, uh, you know, it's it, for the Catholic church confirmation is this, you know, you, you learn more about the Bible and you're, and they call it confirmation because you're confirmed like, okay, you know enough about Christ that you're going to make heaven your home. The only problem is, is that they, they passed me a year early because I was so bad. And uh, I had done some things to a teacher that, uh, you know, uh, gosh, if I just even talk about it, like going back, it was, you know, I said some things to her and, and she was going through uh, some things in life. She had cancer. And I said some things to her that, man, I, you know, I don't, I don't even know where that came from. Just, uh, um, uh, you know, I just, uh, I was in a bad state in life. Like, you know, like all sinners are sinners, sinners of sin, but um, yeah. So they ended up actually graduating me a year early because I was causing that many problems through confirmation. <laughs> They're just trying to get rid of you, huh? 
get him out of here, man. <laughs> yeah. Which, which is weird because confirmation is kind of like saying like, yeah, you're going to make heaven your home exactly, you know, in the Catholic right. church. So, <laughs> Oh, yeah, gosh, they're like yeah. God. You're gonna have to deal with this kid. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, well, he'll work it out in purgatory, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, so when you say you were getting into trouble, like obviously in school that you mentioned, and and disrespectful mm-hmm. toward teachers, but what what, what else kind of trouble were you getting into? Yeah, I started hanging out with the wrong crowds. I had older sisters, so it was easy for me to get beer and cigarettes. I started smoking when I was like 11, drinking when I was 13 uh drink my, the first time i got drunk was at my sister's wedding uh i was 13 years old um and got like stupid drunk and that just started a, kind of a lifestyle um and i had this group of friends that i would hang out with and uh kind of brought that into the you know the the mix of that group of friends they started doing that, that stuff and then you know uh kind of like a jephthah Yes, you'd say I, I I joined myself with worthless men, and we we were good at it. Mm, <laughs> we were good mm. at being worthless. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, what year did you graduate high school? Uh, I graduated in two. Uh, I'm sorry, 1999. That's that was oh wow. So we we share exactly the same year. We're, mm-hmm. we're I guess we're the same age then, or close. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So. Uh, Okay, so fast forward a little bit, and uh, you're getting into trouble. You graduate high school. Where is your life headed? So, uh, yeah, so uh, in high school, <clears throat> kind of same thing, you know, I was just uh, uh, drinking a lot. And, you know, the thing about the Catholic Church is people got money. So now uh, they can they can get uh, drugs, and drugs were really big in my high school. Um, I wasn't a big uh drug person because I, I guess i'd say as far as doing them so yeah so my sister um my sister had kind of talked to me about you know how really i didn't want to get into that stuff and so you know i smoked weed a couple times but really um i made money off of selling drugs i sold i sold marijuana so you were an uh, entrepreneur, as Pastor yeah, Campbell says, throughout high school, and I didn't, I didn't, I didn't get high on my own supply, <laughs> as you <laughs> might say. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, uh, so I um, graduated high school, and I did, I did graduate uh, with straight A's, and so uh, yeah, I graduated high school. I, I was part of the National Honor Society, like graduated with like a three point eight nine GPA, something like that. But uh, went, went to college, got accepted into college, enrolled into UMSL, uh, University of Missouri, St. Louis. And, uh, and so what happened was my, my alcohol problem got worse because uh, now I really didn't have any uh, set schedule, anyone looking over my back. My parents were divorced. Uh, I was living with my dad, but, you know, he was kind of hands off at that point. And so... Uh, I was drinking pretty much every single night at that point and, uh, and, and skipping classes. Wow. And so I started to flunk out uh, of, uh, of college and, uh, I was like, man, what am I going to do? You know, my parents had already paid for the semester mm. and I was like, man, what am I going to do? And my buddy Joe had just come back from, uh, uh, what they call hell week in the Navy SEAL training. And he had, he had made it through hell week. 
and he was uh uh he was stoked you know and he's telling me man you got to do this this is this is awesome like you, you this is like this is what we were meant for we you know we me and him were buddies since kindergarten and so i thought well you know not getting my life together here and so i i should probably join the military hmm. and so uh and so that's what i did uh i ended up joining the joining the navy and you know my goal was to to be a navy seal like him that's wow what, that's so if we pause there for a second we, and uh, i'm curious about what what was your spiritual condition in that time oh man yeah i was i mean i i at that point wasn't even considering going to church or I always believed in God, but, you know, I just wasn't, I, I was ignorant to, um, the true word of God. I, I, I didn't know, uh, you know, if, if someone asked me like, you know, Hey, the way you're living your life, like, would you, would you go to heaven or hell? And in my mind, I'm like, well, you know, I'm not a bad person. Um, yeah, I, I probably, I believe in God, so I'd probably go to heaven. And, you know, I was just ignorant to the things of, of God's word. So, Yeah. Had you ever had any, like, like true spiritual experiences? You know, I did. And it's funny, at a Catholic church, um, when I was 17, my dad, uh, my dad was always afraid to go to Catholic church, but he you know, he's going through the thing with my mom's divorce, you know, he's in a bad state. And, um, and so he's like, Hey, there's this traveling evangelist in a Catholic church. Weird. Right. And he's like, you know, it's a, it's a priest, but he's an evangelist. I don't know. I, I just remember this. And he's like, I, I want you to go, uh, to this with me because he prays for people and, and I want to see if it's real. Wow, and I was like, okay, and so we go to this, uh, you know, and uh, we're sitting there, and and so at the end, that the the priest starts praying for people to receive the Holy Spirit, and in the Catholic Church, really, I was, yeah, I never so, heard of that. It was different. They weren't speaking in tongues. They were they were getting they were passing out. They were getting okay. slain in the spirit. And so we're watching this, and I'm like, Dad, this is weird. We got to you know we got to get out of here. And he's like. He's like, no, I need to know if this is real. Will you go up there? And I was like, I'm not going up there. You go. And he's like, he's like, nah, I, he's like, I'm too nervous. I'm too, you know, my anxiety. I said, I said, all right, whatever. So I go up there and uh, I'm standing, I'm waiting, you know, it's my turn. He comes and he, he's got this anointing oil and he, he anoints me with this oil and he said, receive the Holy spirit. And next thing I know I'm falling back. And I was like, I was, you know, I caught myself halfway. Um, but like, I, I, I knew like that wasn't, you know, that wasn't me. <laughs> and it, immediately I was wet. It was weird. Like I, I was covered with all of these. It was like, uh, it was, it was like a mist of water on my body. I don't know. It was weird. Wow. And, uh, and so I went back and my dad, my dad goes, what, what you know, and I, I was, I knew I was a sinner. Like I knew I wasn't deserving of something like that and my my dad was like well, what happened it's like i feel different I felt, I felt different like i felt clean you know and i left there and went and lived my life however you know that cleanness went away but it was it was a weird 
Hmm. I do remember that experience, one spiritual experience that I had had uh, prior prior to being saved. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that uh, Do you think that that had anything to do with with uh, Was it a seed that was planted for maybe future no. things to grow out of? I it, it wasn't. It, I mean, it was something that I remembered, like being touched by God, but it. It, it wasn't something that I like, be, because again, many people in the Catholic church are just ignorant to the things of God, you know? So yeah. we don't chase after it because we just don't, we don't know. We don't know. Right. Better. Right. Or the yeah. Catholic better, so. what, what I've observed is that uh, backslidden Catholics make fantastic converts. Thanks again for listening to the free version of the VBPH Sermon Podcast, where we post sermons on Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Sundays. We also have a premium version of this podcast, which posts sermons and interviews every single day of the week. So why would you want to subscribe? I'm glad you asked. I have five reasons for you. Number one, on the premium version, we post full versions of Testimony Tuesday, Pastor Campbell Thursday, and Study Day Saturday. If you'd like to hear those episodes, then subscribe now. Reason number two, uninterrupted listening. We remove all ads and all extraneous content from our premium feed. Reason number three, premium episodes always release six hours earlier than the free version. If you're an early bird, it's a great reason to subscribe. Number four, our subscribers will gain access to our sermon chat group on WhatsApp where we interact directly with listeners around the globe. If you'd like to chat with other premium subscribers, subscribe today. And finally, every dollar we raise goes to world evangelism. This is the best reason to subscribe because you are helping us launch churches all around the world. We don't put one dime in our pockets. Everything that we raise from this podcast will go directly to Thursday night of Chandler Conference. So please subscribe today by using the links in the show notes below. Thanks. Oh yeah. 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 Absolutely. Cause they want to, you know, if you, if you give them the truth, it's like, okay, you know, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, so you join the Navy and uh, off to boot camp you go. What was your experience like? Yeah. So the Navy was, uh, boot camp was easy, no big deal. Uh, I was supposed to go from uh, from there to my A school and from my A school to Buds. Um, but while I was in in boot camp, I got offered a um, a position that there were certain requirements for it, and so uh, my my drill instructor had told me that it would probably be good if I went for this, but. Um, it was being part of the presidential honor guard here in DC for the Navy. And so um, it, you know, that, that would delay my, um, uh, you know, me being able to go to buds for two years. But he said, you know, after that you can go and you can, you know, follow that career. He said, this, this will look really good on your record. I said, okay. So, uh, so I did, I, I, and then I came to DC and that's where I met my wife uh almost immediately she was one of the first people i saw and i was like i'm gonna marry that woman <laughs> really just like that uh well yeah i mean i i so i was in training i couldn't talk to her uh um but uh i i told everyone else i said i'm you know hands off i'm gonna marry that woman wow 
that's vision. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Amen. And so, uh, so yeah. So after I got out of training, you know, she was one of the first people I tried to talk to and was able to dupe her into liking me somehow, you know? <laughs> and, uh, and so we, we dated for, uh, about, uh, eight months and then got married. It, it was kind of a quick, uh, it was kind of a quick marriage, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. we weren't living right. We were fornicating and actually she, she got pregnant with my daughter, um, uh, like a month before we got married, we were mm-hmm. already engaged, but, um, you know, she found out she was pregnant a month before we got married. And so that was kind of like a moment, wow. you know? Yeah. So, so, um, do, do, so you're, you're going to be part of this presidential honor guard. That, yeah. that sounds like something really important. Was, was she, she was also part of that or? She was also part of it as well. Yeah. Wow. So I was a casket bearer. She was in what they call colors, which is the ones that hold the flags and, and, uh, you know, do, uh, flag ceremonies and things like that. Okay. Well describe a little bit more of what the, these, this group does, because I'm sure our listeners will be interested to know. Yeah. So our job was anytime a foreign dignitary was going to come to, United States and they they uh, a lot of times as they come in to, to visit the president they'll have what they call corridons or or these you know it's it's basically to show United States presence and they, so they want people of a certain height you know to look a certain way because they want to give this perception that in America you know this is this is every American you know as it, as these foreign people come in and so um so anyways, uh, yeah, we, I would do White House ceremonies. I would do, um, you know, anytime the president would do a speech or they would use us. Um, I, I was particularly, uh, my main job was to bury those who got buried in Arlington National Cemetery. Mm. Uh, and so we would do uh, those burial ceremonies there. Um, and, you know, that, that was my predominant job my wife would do those sometimes if they were like full honors burials where they would have a you know complete um procession with the you know the color guard and stuff like that but uh other than that rarely did she was she in arlington Hmm. so you're you're like uh the official model american man and you marry the official model american woman (laughs) <laughs> well in the navy like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, i guess so you're like uh, the closest thing we have to captain america here <laughs> <laughs> so but I, i'm wondering like what was your what what did that position do to you did it affect your personality uh, i mean yeah you get this kind of uh complex i guess like especially with other navy people you you know, they, you hear this talk like, uh, cause we, you know, we're in charge of taking care of our own uniforms and our uniforms were pristine. Like we press them ourselves. We would, um, you know, shine our own, uh, brass. We would, you know, our shoes were impeccable, things like that. So, you know, you get this, you would hear terms like, ah, those guys are dirt bags, you know, stuff like that. Um, you know, I didn't really fall into that that much because, that's not really what I wanted to do in the Navy. It was kind of like just a, the, the idea was you get a special clearance because you get to be around the president of the United States. So that's mainly what I did that for. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and the group that I was with, the, 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 the book, they call them body bearers were like the, like, uh, beta kappa, you know, in college, like, you know, they were the, they were the dudes that like, we were in the gym all the time and mm-hmm. just, it was like a college really. Cause it was all young people right. fresh out of boot camp that, you know, and so, yeah, no, it was, it was, it was cool. Wow. So, uh, did it, did, I don't, if it was me in that position, I would be, I don't know, like putting bodies in the ground all the time, especially like guys who died for their country. Did, did, did that weigh on you? Did, was there, or did it just kind of become a job? You become numb to it. Yeah. Like it, maybe, maybe the first couple, you know, yeah. but eventually, yeah, it loses its meaning. Like, it, mm. yeah, I'm numb. Hmm. Wow. So, um, you guys get married. Did, did, did that affect your, uh, your position there at all or her position, I suppose? Um, no. Well, when she got pregnant, it did. Yeah. Uh, because she couldn't do ceremonies anymore. Uh, which Inger was very squared away. She was known as one of the ones that, like all of her stuff was always perfect, you know, uh, as far as her, you know, uniforms and brass and things like that. And so, you know, man, yeah. it must, it must bug you guys so bad when somebody shows up with a wrinkled shirt in church. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're a long ways. from <laughs> We'll just put that word out for people in your church. <laughs> uh, we've learned to just kind of overlook things. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, that's funny. So, okay, so you you spent two years doing that? Uh, yeah, two two and a half actually. And, and half. did you end up going to Buds or no? So no. So my best friend. Uh, so okay. So uh, got out. I started. I went to my A school for Intel, and that was what my job was going to be. You know, in the in the military, and then from there I was supposed to go to Buds. Well, during that time, my buddy Joe, who was the Navy SEAL, he he was on Team Four. Uh, he, um, he came back from deployment. He was staying with us at the time. And, you know, he saw my daughter, met my daughter. I mean, he's just like, man. And he told me, he's like, look, uh, he said, you know, really want to look out for you, man. He's like, all these guys I'm with, he's like, they're all divorced. Mm. And he's like, I know this, you know, I look at you and your daughter, your wife. I don't know if this is going to be good for you. And so, um, and so me and Ingrid talked about it and, and I decided, okay, you know, I'll just, I'll just roll with the intelligence. I'll do the intelligence in the Navy. And so, uh, and so I, you know, I had to give up or resign my, my, my slot in buds, but, uh, you know, looking back, obviously it was the right decision. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, those guys pay a high price to oh, do what yeah. they got to do yeah, absolutely. in so many ways. Wow. So uh, how is it that you made your way uh, to Norfolk, Virginia after all that? So, yeah. So my next, so my school was in Virginia beach, actually. My okay. high school. My was that was at Damn Neck? Down in uh, Newport News. She, her ship was in the shipyard. She was stationed on the Eisenhower. And then uh, 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 I ended up getting put on the Kearsarge. Okay. And so was, was that at Damnick base by chance? No, uh, the Kearsarge was, uh, uh, at Norfolk Naval. Oh, at Nor- okay, great. 
And, and so is this where you had your first, uh, somebody approach you with the gospel or you, or how, how did you make the connection to the church there? Yeah. So, um, uh, we lived in Chesapeake cause it was like the middle ground. And so Ingrid could go to Newport news. I could go to Norfolk. Yeah. And, uh, I got to, I, so as soon as I, de- I, I picked my ship on purpose cause my plan was to get out. I already had my top secret clearance. I already had my Yankee white clearance. And my plan was to get out and to go work for the CIA, uh, FBI, Secret Service, one of those three. And, and so I picked a ship uh, specifically that wasn't going to deploy because uh, I was I was at the I was the top of my class in A school, so I got the first pick. And so I picked I picked the Kearsarge because it wasn't due to deploy for a year and a half. Well, mm. I was going to get out in a year, so it was it was perfect. And so I, I, I picked that ship and, uh, and I reported to it in, uh, I think it was like the 6th of January. This was in 2000 and, uh, 2003. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I think 6th of January, 2003. And I, uh, no, 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 I'm sorry. This was the 6th of January, 2002. And so I, I report there and um, they say, we're leaving in three days. Yeah. And I was like, what? And so it was an unscheduled deployment because uh, of, uh, you know, Bush, he had brought some charges against Iraq. And it's like, hey, you know, we got to get over there because if things break loose, we got to be ready. And so I, I, I report, I, I get back home and my wife's like, you know, hey, how was it reporting the ship? And I was like, leave it. Wow. <laughs> That wasn't part of the plan. Yeah. She's like, how long are you going to be gone? I said, it's unscheduled. We don't know. It could be three months. It could be nine months. We don't know. And so, uh, yeah, that was a shocker. And so literally get on the ship and I'm out to sea and uh, I'm gone six, six and a half months. And so my wife, she was stationed on the Eisenhower at the time. So uh, while I was out on deployment, I got really depressed. Um, you know, no alcohol. We we literally didn't see land uh, the entire six and a half months, except for two days. Mm. And so, about halfway through, I, I'm, I'm three months no seeing land, and I, I just got you know I just got really depressed. Um, you know, kind of eating habits went away, and like you know, I I, I was in the gym a lot, stopped working out. I just kind of. Uh, started going through it. And so at the time there was this guy, his name was Stu and he wasn't from our fellowship, but he was a Christian and he would, he would preach to, to me and three other guys. And, uh, and so about this, you know, usually I, I just, I'd make fun of him, but about this time I started listening. And, uh, at the same time, my wife was on her ship and, uh, uh, Mitch Collins, Mm. Uh, was was preaching to a guy that she worked with uh they, they had duty together and but my wife was listening to him preach to him you know and uh, and so you know this is all going on at the same time and so uh so anyways what happened was i i i went you know we still didn't know when we were going to get back it was like now we're out there five we're, we're going on five and a half months at this point. And I'm like, you know, 
And so I remember I, 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 first time I ever prayed, like not a Hail Mary, not an Our Father, not a, right. like just like me and God. And I said, I said, you know, God, I said, if you, if you can get me home before the 4th of July, um, then I'll, I'll quit drinking, I'll quit smoking, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll live like a priest. Like, you know, I can't, I can't be a priest. I'm married, but I'll, I'll live like a priest, you know? And, Cause I, that's what I thought God wanted. And mm-hmm. um, meanwhile, my wife's uh, back at home. And so she goes to the Norfolk church uh, and uh, she's, you know, at her seat, you know, our marriage is kind of going through a lot at that time as well. And uh, um, she's at her seat and she doesn't answer the altar call, but she's like weeping at her seat, bawling, and she's praying to herself, God, forgive me, God, forgive me. And, um, and so, uh, so anyway, the, our, our, our CEO comes over the, we call it the 1MC, the speaker system on the ship, literally the day after I prayed that prayer. And he says, uh, you know, somebody else took our, our spot and we're going, we're going to head home. We're going to be home on the 3rd of July. Wow. And I was like, what? And, uh, and so I, I, I took that as like a, a sign, like, man, this is, this is, I did this. You know, God moved, heard your prayer. Yeah. I moved this whole ship, you know, because <laughs> you guys should be thanking me. And so, <laughs> um, so I, I lived, Literally, I ran, I remember that day, I ran up to the, uh, you know, the deck, I threw my cigarettes off, I threw the dip off, uh, wow. you know, I, I couldn't have beer, because we didn't have beer. Um, my wife calls me, she says, you know, I went to this church, and, you know, I, I, I feel like we need to start going to church, we need to get our, our lives right. Wow, isn't that amazing, that how God was dealing with both of you at the same time? the same time yeah it was it was uh yeah it was one of those that it's like god's just from different angles you know orchestrating yeah orchestrating for sure and man and that's um that's amazing to me because that that gives you hope for the people that are kind of on the fringes you know for the people that um man just we were there a couple of weeks ago uh doing an outreach for you guys and happened to run into a guy and um man i'm gonna forget his name but we knocked on his door. Sorry, Stefan. Stefan, yeah, that was him. And I guess he hadn't hadn't been to church for several months. And uh, there he is, living living right around the corner from the church. And I knocked on his door, and he says, "Hey," he says, "I go to this church." It's <laughs> <was> like what? <laughs> so uh, you know, brother Adam was there and called him over, and man, we just had a we had a amazing moment right there, standing in front of his door. He yeah. said, "I need God. I need. I need help. Uh, how, how's he doing?" He's he's come he's come out. Uh, I think since that time he's been to three services. Yeah, and uh, you know we had a we had a little sit down and talk, and and he's he knows and he needs God. He needs Amazing. To... Amazing how God moves like that. You know. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So, gosh, what a big m- miracle God orchestrates. And so, uh, so you get back on the 3rd of July. And so are, are you going to jump right into the, the Norfolk church and everything that's happening there? Oh, man. Actually, uh... if you'd like to hear the rest of this sermon, subscribe today. It's only $3 a month when you subscribe at supercast.tech or $4.99 per month 
when subscribing in Apple Podcasts. Links are in the show notes. We thank you for joining us on this special preview of the VBPH Sermon Podcast. Thank you so much for listening to the Sermon Podcast of the Virginia Beach Potter's House Church. Were you blessed by today's message? Let us know. Please leave us a rating on Apple Podcast or on Podchaser. We'll be back next time with another life-changing word from heaven. God bless. Thank you.